Hey everybody, Casey Canton here, downrightcreepy.com. Special edition of the Creepcast. Uh, we have an interview with the cast of Paranorman. We also have the director, animator, and writer. Um, now you're going to hear from Anna Kendrick, uh, Cody Smith McPhee, and Christopher Means Please, or you may know him as McLovin. Uh, all of them star in the new stop animation movie. Paranorman in theaters, I believe, August 7th, uh, 2012. And then you also hear from, like I said, the director, Sam Fell, the writer, um, Chris Butler, and then a lead animator, Travis Knight. Uh, and then something interesting to note as we go through these this roundtable interview, um, someone had brought a swag item from a Resident Evil panel to this interview in the Paranorman room. So... What it was is it was a piece of bread shaped like a foot. Uh, it was kind of shrink wrap, like a piece of meat, and it was this infected zombie foot that was in the shrink wrap from the Umbrella Corporation. So I just want to make that note because as you hear each interview, um, they come to our roundtable and they sit down and they see this foot, and almost all of them commented on it in some way, shape, or form. So if you're wondering what they're talking about, I wanted to set the um, set that up for you a little bit before we jump in to the interviews. Um, let's go ahead and take a listen to the Paranorman trailer, uh, and then I'll come back and introduce our first guest. Take a listen. Meet Norman. Can't you be like other kids your age? His parents don't get him. He's probably up there fiddling with his Ouija or his orb. Mary. His sister doesn't like him. <laughs> such a loser and the kids at school look it's abnormal always pick on him but he does have some friends norman wait up i like to be alone so do i let's do it together it's just that most of them good morning aren't exactly alive how's it hanging <gasps> haven't heard that one before do you see ghosts like all the time <gasps> who's a good boy uh that's not his chin <laughs> of Coraline. The witch's ghost is going to wake up tonight. And when she does, she'll raise the dead. You've got to use your gift of talking to the dead to stop it. This is crazy. Do I look crazy to you? Uh... <laughs> you uh, might want to give that a few minutes. Okay, that was the Paranorman trailer. Now let's jump into the Comic-Con roundtables for Paranorman. And we're going to start off with Cody Smith-McPhee. Uh, some of you may know him or remember him from 
Let Me In, the Let the Right One In American adaptation. Uh, you also might know him from The Road, which didn't get a lot of publicity or a lot of screenplay uh, when it was released into theaters. I think it was because it was primarily such a dark film. Uh, so he comes back with something a little more lighthearted <laughs> with Paranorman, certainly a departure in the horror category from his previous films. Uh, so let's go ahead and take a listen to his interview. Here's Cody Smith-McPhee. Put it next to the severed foot. I know, yeah. yeah. Nice push Can setting. Can you eat that? Yes. It's high in protein. It's, it's, it's like it's a lot edible. of VR, yeah. 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 Want to try a bite? I'm actually good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. So could you talk a little bit about your character? Uh, my character is uh, Norman Babcock. He is 11 years old and he's very much so an outcast um, to society and school and his parents don't understand him, his sister doesn't understand him, his whole family. Um, but then uh, when he realizes that this gift that he has has been bad luck for him his whole life, it turns out that everyone looks to him for, uh, for answers when his town is overtaken by a curse. That was a good answer. Yes. I pat my back for that. Yeah. It's the best I've ever done. Speaking of your character then, was there another character in the film that you want to swap places with at all? No, I really fell in love with Norman. He's such mm -hmm. a cool little character. Um, yeah, definitely not. I would definitely stick with him. If there was one of the props that you could take home, like the That's alarm clock or something like that, which one would it be? Um, I think I would take a car. The cars are so cool because everything they, they made in that world, the Norman world, is uh, there's no straight lines. So it's all off. You can tell even his eyes when you take off the mask. There's one bigger, one small. So it's all very weird, different. So I think a car. Did you get a chance to go onto the set and see them doing some of this? Yeah, I did. We all we all went, but for some reason we went separately. Um, but I went on, it's just mind-blowing to think that they're all working on this, and I'm just, like, chilling in a room, just talking and having fun. Um, but there was, like, you go into this warehouse, and there's, like, 50 uh, scenes being shot, and then they have them all set up, and they're all just taking pictures, and it's crazy. What appealed to you about doing this movie? Well, I actually, I was in Australia when I auditioned for it. I just put my voice on tape and sent it over. And I'm pretty sure I only got sides. So I only got, you know, all the information from that. And I thought it sounded cool. I think it was kind of, they were hiding it. And then when I found out, I got it. Um, I read the whole script over and over again. And it, was, it was amazing. And um, it's funny that I actually drew the character of what I thought it would be, and it turned out exactly the same. <laughs> huh? A lot of yeah. Can I ask you an acting question? Mm -hmm. How is your process similar or different for animation versus live action? It, it, even how different it really is, they are very the same, because you have to get your emotions out through your voice. So if, if not, you like do more crazier things uh, recording than you would on set. You're, you're not thinking, I look weird doing this face. You just do everything. So, yeah, you just go crazy and have fun and uh, just let loose. So your physicality when you're in the booth, you're moving around, gesturing, emoting with your face. Yeah. They, and you're more free. Yeah, definitely. And they, they have a camera on you all the time so they can take that craziness and then put it into the character movements. So, yeah, it's a 
lot of fun. Is this particular subject matter appeal to you? Um, that you can go crazy. Oh no, what zombies? And... Oh, oh, oh. Uh, I was I was gonna say I like going crazy, but um, yeah, yeah, I, I love horror movies and especially animation and something like this. It's just weird, unique, and there's so much. It's like Coraline. It's just so different. Um, I love it so much. Yeah. Did you ever try to make your own stop motion movie, having seen? I already they... attempted, and that will never, <laughs> ever, ever be. I, I don't have enough patience for that. <laughs> Literally, I thought they like moved it like this much and then this much, but you don't even see what they moved. It's crazy. So you, you've seen it finished already, yeah? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw it uh, a few weeks ago, and I want to see it ten more times. It's crazy, yeah. Was this your first major project? Or? Uh, no, I didn't uh, let me in before this oh. and uh, the road, and I came here for let me in two years ago, I think. And uh, yeah. How did, how did the experience differ? Um, I mean, now you've got two hard things. And right. Two large hard I things. think this one is obviously a lot more fun um, because it's you know an animation that kids can watch and adults will enjoy too. So they are very different. But so you've got the ghosts and zombies. You said yes. you love horror. Which would you pick if you had to? If you could become one of those, <laughs> and why? Don't forget vampires. Vampire, yes. Yeah. yes. <laughs> because a zombie, I was going to say I would love to fight zombies because they're just like dummies, but uh, definitely a vampire. Yeah. And is this your first trip to Comic-Con? And what uh, do you think? No, I, I went here, uh, I came here last year for Let Me In, and I really actually wish I had more time to just walk around and have fun. It's a really cool place, and... I'm kind of a nerd, and I play a lot of games, so yeah, I think this will be a fun experience. Do you get any time to do that? Or? I might. I did last year for a little bit, I mean the year before, um, but this time I don't think so. I'm done with this and off the train. When you do recording, do they ever let you be in the booth with another actor so you can play off of each other? Or yeah, like that was the cool thing with this. They actually, one of the characters to sound like they're actually interacting and they wanted it really real. So I had done some sessions with um, Chris and Anna and that was that was all but it was still very fun getting to actually interact with them. How do you get yourself into that mindset? I mean do you have to you have to prepare yourself or just kinda of jump right into it? Uh, no, it's really just a thing that you jump right into it. I mean there's not much you can really do to get into the mindset of something that's not you. You just have to do it and have fun. What advice did the directors give you? Um, um, really the, the advice that was meant most to me was uh, them telling me to not slip back into uh, the, my normal voice, Cody. So I had to always keep that Norman voice up there and with the American accent. So. Is it hard to do an American accent? The American accent's not hard. It was just the voice that I was doing. I didn't know if it was like stably, always high or low. It was mm -hmm. kind of hard, yeah. Mm -hmm. A little off topic from Paranormal, but you're big into gaming and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Is there a specific game that you're looking forward to, either um, at Comic-Con or coming up? I play Modern Warfare and all, all the qualities, so mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to Black Ops and something else but that's it. Oh, 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 uh, Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto? Yeah. Big anyway. fan of that, the whole series? Yeah. I've been playing since I was little. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Little one. Have you had a chance to see any of the other um, panels or any other footage? No, I just got here yesterday, uh, like late, and um, yeah, I just went straight to bed, and now I'm up working all day till about six. Is there anything that you would like to go see if you had the time? I really just like to be surprised. Mm-hmm. I just like to go like those guys do into the panel and see what they get from it. Um, what? Uh, how long did it take to, to film this? And and you said your your voice lowered while you were making the film. And yes. how did you deal with that? Um, so what? Over what period of time? It took. I think it took about a year or two years. Mm-hmm. Um, the voice lowering part, I really no one had control over. Mm-hmm. So we just had to record as much as we could and all the grunts and stuff and all the really important stuff mm-hmm. first. And um, I remember the very last session, my voice actually was gone. There was no normal voice anymore. Mm-hmm. So my voice is now stuck in that character. In the back. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll have it to remember forever. Yes, hopefully. So what do you have coming up after this? Uh, I have um, a movie called The Congress coming out, which is a kind of very sci-fi, weird movie. Um, I have Romeo and Juliet that I just finished in Rome. Um, I play uh, Ben Bolio, my favorite character. Um, And I have one called Dead Europe, which is a book, and it's a very deep, kind of grungy uh, European movie. What's your role in the sci-fi film? Um, it's, uh, I did it quite a while ago, and the reason that it's taking so long is because it's also kind of animation. It's very confusing. I've even read the script so many times, and I don't even know. <laughs> it's crazy. So, basically, I play this, um, uh, young, well, let's see, young, but this, sorry, let me think about this for a second. Son of, uh, Robin Wright, and she plays herself. But it's in the future, so they have this technology coming out. The actors never act anymore. They just scan themselves, and then uh, they use their 3D bodies and, you know, just put them into whatever they want. Um, And eventually that kind of takes over the world and ruins everything, and uh, everyone's living in glimpses, and it's it's really crazy. Yeah, I can't wait to see it because I have Sounds no idea cool. what I was doing. I'll <laughs> be back at Comic-Con with that one. I think I will be. Yeah. yeah definitely. Uh, it's called The Congress. Congress. Yeah. And what's your part in Dead Europe, you um, Dead Europe is just this... Uh, oh, yeah, I play this young ghost kind of kid that you, it never really confirms that it's a ghost, but his traits and where he shows up is always unexplainable. So it's a very weird kind of real movie. If you, if you could give Norman advice in the early part of the movie when he's not a happy person, what advice would you give him? It's uh, not bad to be weird. I love to be weird. Um, I hate being normal because, well, he's not normal. In the whole movie they say that it's, it's okay to be normal, but I don't see him as normal. I see him as weird. And I love being weird. And uh, I think he should have just gone with that and didn't care about what anyone thought. Okay, that was Cody Smith-McPhee, who plays Norman in Paranorman. Uh, Up next, we have Anna Kendrick. Some of you Twilight fans out there may know her as, I believe, Jessica from the Twilight franchise. Uh, And then also 50-50, another movie she was in recently that was was pretty good. So now she comes and plays the obnoxious kind of teenage character in Paranorman, 
And let's go ahead and listen to her interview. Here is Anna Kendrick. Let's eat it. <laughs> I'm a lady. Oh, let's so eat it. <laughs> oh, oh. Eight minutes. I'll give you the last question. Oh. Got my little blanket. It is Freezing. cold. <laughs> it's cold. So did you get a chance to go? Oh, it's fluffy. <laughs> it smells like like downy soft. <laughs> did you get a chance to go to the set and see them doing this? Yeah, uh, I, I went when they had wrapped filming, so I got the best part. I got to walk around in the sets and, you know, because I wouldn't mess anything up. So I got to take pictures <laughs> inside the sets like I was the 50-foot woman. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've got them on my phone. It's pretty fantastic. Wait, do you guys want to see? Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be great in print. It's like awesome. Yeah. I took, like, a ton of pictures of the set. It was, like, it really was magical. Um, and, uh, like, some of the sets they had taken down. But I was really glad that I got to see the sets before I saw the film because it felt like seeing a movie where you're like, I know that street. Yeah. <laughs> um, wait for it. It's good. It's totally going to be worth it. They're blurry. They're blurry, too, which I was like, you guys do this for a living. <laughs> how are you? How is this a problem? <laughs> so you said you did some of the recording with Casey Affleck? Mm-hmm. So how did they choose which scenes you shot you did with him and which scenes you uh, taped by yourself? Um, well, I guess, like, we did the whole first day, um, was the two of us together. So we did everything together. Okay. That's me being strong. It's a really fuzzy picture, but it's me. In the set. <laughs> the worst. This is the blurriest picture of all time. The people at Leica took this picture. Come on, guys. Like, lock it up. If you could uh, really have in real life one of the props from the, from the set, what would you want? Uh, the other picture I have on my phone. <laughs> uh, there's a Neil's locker. Um, I just saw, um, they were showing me all the details that you don't really see in the movie. And, um, and there was a, why is the iPhone the worst? Um, there was like a sign in his locker that said, um, that had like a paw print from his dog. And it says, Bub is great, understands me, barks at bullies. And that's the cutest thing. And it's not like a, it's, you know, it's just a little detail in the movie. So I would want that locker. This is like, it's so cute. That's so cute. He barks at bullies. <laughs> Stop it. So I would want that locker. Was it hard to play a teenager? Um, no, I, I can tap into my inner really obnoxious person. Um... And it's, you know, it's so fun to, to play somebody so uh, annoying um, and just kind of do that voice. And um, I mean, by the end of like six hours, I'm really tired of my own voice, but uh, I, I liked all the kind of vocalizations at the end, all the kind of grunts and exasperated sighs. Um, I was like, is this acting? Am I acting right now? I'm getting paid, so all right. So how's that different then from the normal stuff, the traditional acting. You've done something for Family Guy before? Oh, yeah. No, I did that after. Um, I did that after I did this, and uh -huh. I haven't even seen that yet. Really? I, was, I got busy. I, <laughs> no, and it was on my DVR, and then my friend deleted it. It's like, I didn't even uh -huh. watch it yet. Um, 
but uh, yeah, I mean, this was great because you just pour so much of your physicality into it because, you know, in a, in a movie, it wouldn't be okay for me to constantly be going like, Ugh! like, you know, fists in the air and like, you know, throwing myself around. It would be really confusing. It would be a really interesting character. Um, so it was just really freeing to, to not be worried about how idiotic you look. Uh, yeah, I'm more into action than horror, but um, I, I like I like a good horror film. I watched uh, I watched the original The Fog this Fourth of July. That's how I spent Fourth of July. It was not at the beach. This face <laughs> was not at the beach. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I have milky white skin, and I've seen The Fog. <laughs> so. Yeah, I did. Well, because I had actually seen the remake years ago because my friend was the cinematographer and um and it was not as good as the original but uh i didn't know that until the fourth of july uh no it was it was it was really fun who's the like sexy uh radio woman yeah i was thinking yes yes and i was um i was thinking about how like she does she's got she goes into that like sexy voice so i need to get myself a sexy voice like that that i can just like drop into for certain roles yeah completely changed my career in animation um what was your emotional preparation like and were you with other actors or did you just have to summon an intern uh, well, I did, my first day, I did get to do with Casey, um, which was great, because uh, it was both of our first times ever, you know, going into recording with and doing it, um, so it was nice to be with a fellow novice and, you know, just be able to kind of relax and open up and figure out the process, and then, you know, by the end of the day, it was like, who's willing to make a bigger fool of themselves, um, which, you know, really egged us on to kind of one-up each other. And then I got to do one day with Cody, which was really great, which made me feel worse about being Courtney. It was hard to, like, be so mean to his face. Such a little cutie pie. So you guys deal with ghosts, zombies, vampires. I asked Cody earlier, which one would you like to become if you could be one? Uh, I want to be the witch. There's, like, a witch at the end who's really cool. Yeah. And I, I was watching it, and I was secretly like, oh, I wanted to play that character. That character's <laughs> awesome. What has been the highlight of your career so far? Oh, wow. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Um, Anything come to mind? Like a really great filmmaking experience? Um, Ladies of the Lunch and Camp. Ladies of the Lunch and Camp was really, really great. I got to be directed by Robert Redford this year, which was really like a big <laughs> what the hell is happening moment. It was really great. What is that for? For the company you keep. I, it's a small part, but, I, you know, my agents were like, you're filming this other movie, I don't, you know, you don't have to go and do it. And I was like, let's do it, let's figure it out. Like, yes, uh, yes, I will figure it out to work with Robert Redford. What is your favorite stop motion film other than this one? Um, I mean, Nightmare Before Christmas is a classic. You know, I feel like that's like a cliche, but, um, I mean, that's the first... Thing that I ever saw that was stop motion, I think, when I was a kid. I mean, besides, I guess, like, like Frosty the Snowman and stuff. Um, or Rudolph, or whatever it was called. Those ones that they would just play at Christmas. Um, but I like Nightmare Before Christmas. Is there any competitive banter between your cast and Frank and Winnie? <laughs> yeah, where they at? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Throw down. 
Um, well, I was actually just talking to the directors. Um, we were saying, like, there are scenes that are really kind of exciting and intense, but um, the great thing about the monsters is you're really not sure... Like, at a certain point, you're like, are they scary, or are they sort of silly, or are they sad, or, you know, there's a point where you're not really sure what they want, and that's a really interesting thing. Um, so there are moments that are, like, scary and intense, but it twists around a lot, and you, you see a lot of um, layers, and there's a lot of, like, reasoning behind it, which I like. Like, I don't like horror movies where, in the end, you never figured out why that ghost was haunting that family. Like, I like that this has, you know, explanations. All right, that was a beautiful and talented Anna Kendrick. Uh, enjoyed talking with her. It was funny because about halfway through, or right at the beginning of the interview, rather, she's looking for uh, photos on her iPhone for about 30 seconds while she's answering questions, trying to find her on the set of Paranorman. And you may have heard her also commenting about the foot that I talked to you guys about at the very beginning of the podcast. Uh, another comment on that. She wasn't going to eat it because she's a lady. So, moving on to someone that's not a lady. He's a self-proclaimed bad motherfucker. Let's move on to Christopher Mint Peace, a.k.a. McLovin, and his roundtable interview for Paranorman. Who left the water? Is it Cody? My banana. He just faced all this stuff. <laughs> How's everybody doing? Good. Good Comic Con? So far. Good interviews? So far. Who's been the best interview? Let's be honest. We have to see it. No, 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 no. <laughs> Matt Damon? <laughs> Tom Kenny. Who? For, Tom is, Kenny, SpongeBob. Did he, was he in Mr. Show? Yeah. Yeah, nice. He is that animated, no pun intended. Yeah, that's incredible. Nice. Great. Way to tell me that now. A hilarious <laughs> dude was great. I'm going to kill it. <laughs> a quick side question. Um, you talked about Kick-Ass and that you're filming in September. Yeah. Have you read the script? Is the script I have read the script. Okay. It's fucked up. It's <laughs> very brutal, very dark. Um, I'm just a complete villain in this one. I play the motherfucker. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be really messed up. I'm excited. I'm really glad that Matthew Vaughn, he's not directing this one. I was a little depressed about that because I wanted it to be like his baby. Um, but he's producing it. He's been behind every draft, uh, and he's going to be on set. So I know it's going to be really good. It's going to be okay. great. Yeah, I'm very excited for it. Have you read the comic? Uh, no. No. Has read. anybody read the comic? Kick us too. Well, there, there, the rape scene is not in it. <laughs> <laughs> there is there is a version of it, but there's no rape. Come down. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank God. What is this all about? First off. <laughs> I was going to say you're the only person who hasn't mentioned it. Uh, they were giving them out at the Resident Evil roundtable. Is it food? Yeah, it's, it's like bread or something. You can eat it. Oh, are you going to eat it or are you going to keep it? I don't really want to eat it. Yeah. Good call. Maybe I'll, I'll take a toe if you take a toe. I'll eat it with you right now. Do it right now. No, no, no. no, no. Yeah, we're not going to do this. Yeah, yeah, you did. No, I'm not in. <laughs> um, I have a quick question. Mm-hmm. Live action versus animation. How do you prepare? Very different. Um, You know, you go and you work with other actors every day when you're filming a movie. You have to worry about every expression you make. You have to learn your lines prior, however many scenes you're doing, you got to prepare. You go and you rehearse, you got to sit up in the makeup chair. Um, It's really fun, but it's it's more difficult, I think, because you're much harder on yourself. You know the camera's right in your face. Whereas for animation, 
I read the script once. I don't learn my lines prior. <laughs> don't tell the directors. But uh, I go in. I just have it all right in front of me. I get to read each line three or four different ways. I get to improv. Um, the thing is with, like, kick-ass and role models, there's little aspects of me in my characters. But animation, you don't have to be that guy at all. You get to create something completely new, completely different from yourself. And you want to try to make kids laugh, which is something I haven't done prior to, like, How to Train Your Dragon. Normally my movies are rated R and I'm trying to make like you guys laugh. So it's really exciting to try to make, you know, six year olds laugh. It's fun. Cody said he was involved with his character development. Like he actually did a sketch and pretty much came out the way that he had, he had envisioned. He drew? It. Well, was, I'm not sure how much, but his vision lying. came through. He's lying. No. <laughs> Do you have any involvement in your No, I did zero. I think like if you look at it, like it looks like me if I was super fat and I'd pierce ears. <laughs> I think that's all it is. So you did have some. I did, yeah. <laughs> Just <Okay>. being born. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I play Alvin, who's just the school bully. And he finds it very bizarre and weird that Norman sees ghosts, because no one else can, and he doesn't buy into it. So he just finds it easy to make fun of the kid and make him and put him down and make him feel bad. Have you had any experience with that, or one side of the I'm not a bully. <laughs> I don't have it in me to be an asshole. Uh, nor have I, I was never bullied either. But I knew kids in high school that were like the cool kids and they kind of put other kids down and like, they, you know, they were the hot shots and then outside of high school they did nothing with their lives. Like they wish they could go back. I don't. <laughs> if they keep coming to me, I'm, I'm down. Fright Night was a blast. You know, I thought that was a really good remake too. I think they did... Craig did an incredible job directing that. Um, and it was really fun playing a vampire. And then, yeah, if they keep offering that to me, I would love to do it. I don't know. I haven't gotten any offers since Fright Night, so I must have been pretty bad in it. <laughs> and on Party Down, you played a writer. Yeah. Have what you did perfectly. Oh, thanks. That was fun, man, with Martin, yeah. Everything about it was perfect. Thanks. Have you considered, are you developing screenplays? I have not. You know, one of my best friends is a talented screenwriter, uh, and I think I want to try to write with him in the future. I wrote You're So Hot, which is a short that I did online with my buddy Dave Franco, but it's like a four-minute thing. It was like one of the first things I wrote, uh, and it's really fun. It's really hard. I, like, I can't do it on my own. I can't figure it out, so I'm going to try to sit down with my buddy and see what I can do. Um, see, what I'm doing Kick-Ass 2 simultaneously with this TV show I'm shooting for CBS. I start Kick-Ass 2 September 9th, go there to Toronto. I fly back and start the next day on the 27th. I start on the TV show. Then I fly to London to do Kick-Ass, and then I fly back for the TV show. Fly back again. (laughs) It's going to be so... I'm already getting tired thinking about it. But uh, it's going to be really exhausting, really fun. What's the TV show? It's called Friend Me. It's, it's, uh, excuse me. it's with my buddy Nick Braun and with two kids from Indiana who moved to L.A. And it's just like fish out of water sitcom. It's going to be fun. Yeah. When do we expect to see that? We film it, I think it's mid-season. I think it's going to come out maybe like February. Yeah. Cool. March. See. Should be good. I'm going to, you know, the budget's, it's cheaper on this one because uh, the movie, it made money. It didn't make a lot of money, but we, you know, we wanted to make it. So we all kind of took a cut and we really want to put the second one out there. 
Um, so I asked him, I was like, just get me a physical trainer because I'm doing a lot more work in this one and I want to get bigger. So they can't do that. <laughs> so I'm going to, I think, in the next couple weeks, start working out a lot and get bigger for the role. Try to look more evil. We'll see. Maybe keep the facial hair. We'll see. <laughs> Yeah, they flew me out for my last session, actually. Uh, they flew me out to Portland, Oregon, and I got to visit the set. It was unbelievable. It's on a lot, and they're, they're shooting like 50 scenes at once. Um, it's just, it's crazy, because you know the movie is just a bunch of pictures put together, but you don't realize it until you just see a bunch of 5D cannons sitting around, and they just go click, and then they like move the arms a little bit, and then take another picture, and they just put all that, it's, it's beautiful, it's mind-blowing to see. And all the 3D, like, what are they called? 3D monitors that they build these guys with to see it. They made little wrenches for us. It's fantastic. It's really nice. Mm -hmm. Gotta start to wrap up. Thank you. Okay. Cool. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good rest of the day. You too. All right, that was Christopher talking a little bit there about Paranorman. Maybe some more interesting news was his Kick-Ass 2 comments uh, about his script and the character that he'll play in the sequel. Uh, looking forward to that. And... Kind of an extra thing to follow up on before we get into the crew here with the director, writer, and producer. Everybody was very gracious with their time. Um, I talked to a few after our roundtable was done. You know, they just kind of hung out and talked about Comic-Con and their experience and how they don't really get any special rights. Like Sam Fell, the director, who we'll hear from in a second, uh, told me after the roundtable that he doesn't get any special privileges. He's there as a filmmaker, so if he wants to go see The Hobbit... Uh, and Hall H, the panel, he has to get in line just like the rest of us. I found that pretty interesting um, insight from a filmmaker and from a, a celebrity that's there. They still have to wait in line. I find that hard to believe, though. I think some of them can push the front of the line, you know what I mean? So, let's move on to Sam Fell, uh, Travis Knight, and Chris Butler. They're the writer, director, producer, and animators of the film, and this will round up our roundtable interviews. Let's take a listen. Without fail, everyone has commented mm, on it. Delicious. Oh, wow. It's, what is it? Uh, it's to Resident Evil. They're giving them out. Yeah. Uh, don't know what it tastes like. Is it like sugary? Yeah, uh, uh, no, like I think it's like dough or something. Oh, Hi. Okay. <laughs> um, can, can each of you say your names so we can hear your voices and get sure. an idea? Yeah. I'm Chris Butler. I'm Travis Knight. And I'm Sam Fell. Well, a lot of it was in the script, yeah. but, uh, actually, you know, already, you know, like it's, it's a quick and easy way to tonally play with I, it. I think it was pretty clear from the script, I hope it was because I wrote it, that, you know, where this movie was, you know, how much the scares were, were kind of balanced with the humour and... I think once you've got a good idea of what the story is about and where you're headed with it, then it's pretty easy to find that balance visually. Yeah. You know, everything else falls into place. Yeah. I, I don't think we ever struggle to think. No, we weren't. We didn't want to be conservative or hold back, or you know, like you can really edit yourself too much and right. be too worried about things. You know, you can't so, second guess things. I yeah. Think you have to, it would have been worse to end up, It would have been worse to talk down to kids yes. and kind of offer something that's a bit sterile than to make it a bit spicier. And but we wanted to push. Yeah, I mean, I think th th there wasn't that kind of you know com uh, discussions about kind of committee discussions about yeah. kind of what, what, what do we have to do and take out. 
I think if we were always a little feeling a little bit uncomfortable, we knew that we were in, on, in the right zone because you know if, if we were playing it too safe, then it would be it would be too easy. If we were a little uncomfortable, it means we were pushing a little further, which is you know to tell the best kind of story, the most effective kind of story that we could. That was where we had to live, and yeah. for the most part, I was very uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. Why is that challenging? Sorry. Yeah, we had a great character designer, a young girl, uh, Heidi Smith, who kind of really led the character design. Yeah, but we again, our, 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 the approach to that was to not fall back on things that seem safe, just from a visual point of view. We really wanted this to look different. Um, there are a lot of creepy kids movies that have been made, and they, they have they have a look of their own, and they're very good at it. You know. We wanted to find a different voice, we, so we specifically didn't go for character designers that, you know, there are always schools in design, um, it, and, and you know, CalArts, Sheridan. There's a lot of very talented kids coming out of there, but you see the trends, and then you see someone like Heidi, who was our designer, who does not fit in at yeah. all, and that's yeah. what makes her perfect for us. Yeah. yeah. And uh, what did you shoot on? What kinds of cameras did you use? And then, what did you use it the most? Well, I guess Canons, is it? Like, Canon Mark yeah. II. Yeah. Uh, just a, a camera you can go into any camera shop and, and buy. I mean, yeah. It's, yeah. the technology is that good. You can make a, a film with that much scope and ambition, and it looks beautiful just off a, a, a digital camera you can buy a camera shop. Yeah, yeah. We had a little special rig made to shoot stereoscopic, so, you know, we take a frame on the left and a frame on the right eye. And post-wise, we were yeah you know, we were cutting on Avid, and yeah. I think we used like Shake and sort of Maya, you know, just the Photoshop, you know, a lot of the sort of standard things really. Anything we could get our hands on. Yeah, it's a very they have a very small, sort of relatively small but very effective in-house digital effects department, yeah. which is the great innovation I think of Leica. It's a joy to work there because you. You're working every day with your visual effects people, so the integration of the stop frame and the and the visual effects is just utterly seamless. And you, you it's a constant discussion between the DP, the production designer, yeah. the effects head, and us. It's not an afterthought. Yeah, no, we yeah. take the approach that you know whatever tool makes the most sense to most effectively tell the story. That's what we use. So, you know, I think at the core of it, it's a it's a stop motion film, but we integrate. Technology. We integrate, uh, you know, 2D uh, animation and CG animation. Uh, you know, laser cutting and, and, and 3D printing and stereographic photography. It's whatever tool makes the most sense to most effectively tell the story. That's what we use. And by having all those, you know, tools at our disposal, I think we can tell a story in a way that really is unusual and interesting. Uh, two, two and a half years. Yeah. The actual shoot is probably about, you know, about about you know, 20, 21 months. Uh, but the you know there's there's time at the beginning where you're doing kind of pre-production and design work and sixteen time years. <laughs> yeah, years. <laughs> no, I think the rest. There's time at the end for post. <laughs> the whole thing was probably about four years from yeah. kind of beginning to end. Yeah. But the the shoot was a little less than two years. Was there a specific character you guys were drawn to, either from a design perspective or just you know the actual character itself? I'm sure you. Well, <laughs> you there's, a, there's a lot of me in this guy, yeah. but that is probably why I'm not drawn to him. <laughs> I really enjoyed writing for Courtney because she's a bitch, you know, and just writing dialogue for a 15-year-old cheerleader, I didn't know I had, I had it in me, but... <laughs> yeah, 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 she's there. Apparently it's there. I loved his uncle, his crazy uncle, Mr. Prendergast, you know, because he was a very sort of big, quite broad character, and we had John Goodman voicing him, and it was... 
I don't know, he's just a, quite larger than life, you know. A lot, of, a lot of this is very subtle, and, you know, we're very proud of that, but uh, it's kind of fun to just go this crazy old tramp as well, you know. I loved animating Norman. Uh, I animated him probably more than anybody else in the film, and I saw so much of my, myself and my own life story within him and my, my sons, and so it was, it, was a, it was really yeah. rewarding to be able to kind of pour that sort of thing into his performances. But we have a character, I don't want to, I'm not going to put a spoiler out there, but we have a character within the film that is, is something that people have never seen before. It is a combination of every single animation technique that you can do. <laughs> 2D animation, CG animation, puppet animation, and it's mind-blowing. When you see it, when you see it on screen, it's it's really it's a remarkable yeah. thing. Yeah. Don't say anymore. That's, it. That's all <laughs> I'm saying. Yeah. Somebody else mentioned that too. So yeah, that, yeah. I didn't say what it was. Yeah. Good. It's, it's good. a great thing, I think, just generally in the film that we, we we're doing this kind of zombie horror movie for kids and you know, we we are referring to stuff we loved as watching when we were growing up and you know, all those references, the Goonies and whatever. Mm-hmm. But the great thing about this story is that we, we that as that unfolds we take you somewhere completely new. And different, but the climax of this story and this movie is, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's really worth going to the theatre to see, you know. It's, yeah, another. Can you tell us a little bit about the 16 years? Like 16 years ago, you had the idea. <laughs> yeah, day one. <laughs> I, I must point out, I did not write it every day for 16 years. <laughs> because that is just yeah, yeah, and I, I have notebooks where I, I just come back to it. I always thought there was something really good there that was worth telling, and it just—I think there's also the, the, the zeitgeist thing. There's a whole bunch of people who grew up on the same movies, the same TV shows that are making movies now, mm-hmm. um, and and so there's that that warm nostalgia for, for that kind of stuff. Um, so it seemed it, it now is the perfect time to do it. Um, especially with the zombie resurgence, obviously. Um, but yeah, I just went in and out of it, kept going back to it. There was something about it that made me keep wanting to go back. But, but really, go on. But I mean, for all that, it's not. It's it's a it's a great kind of movie, but it's a kind of movie that isn't being made anymore. It's a it's right. a kind of movie that strikes the balance between darkness and light, between intensity and warmth, and scares and humor. These are all the things that we grew up loving, and nobody makes them anymore. Yeah. It's crazy, but this is exactly that kind of movie, and it's it's it's, it's why I'm so proud to be a part of it. That it, it comes from in a, in a long tradition of really wonderful family entertainment that shows kind of the whole range of human experience, and it's 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 a really uh, wonderful thing to be a part of. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks, yeah, yeah. Thanks for help. Okay, that was director Sam Fell, uh, lead animator and producer Travis Knight, along with Chris Butler the writer of Paranorman. That concludes our roundtable interviews. Uh, for more information on Paranorman, you can get on downrightcreepy.com. We have a recap of the Hall H panel with Kate Dirks. She did a write-up for the Paranorman Hall H panel. Uh, if you want to look at some photos from the press roundtables, you can get on our Facebook page, downrightcreepy.com. Just like it, and then go to the photo section, look for Paranorman, and you can see the cast and crew posing with some characters from the film. And also some behind-the-scenes footage of the creators punching in, like, little hairs into Norman's head and creating the models. Uh, pretty cool behind-the-scenes look. To find out more about our Comic-Con coverage, you can go to downrightcreepy.com backslash Comic-Con 2012, all one word. Uh, you can get a news feed of all the articles we've done, any events we've covered. And that does it for this edition of the Creepcast. We'll be back with a full episode with myself, Casey Canton, and Eric Havens. Uh, For our next episode, we will be reviewing The Dark Knight Rises, as well as a lower independent budget um, 
flick called Rites of Spring. Uh, you can check out the trailer for that right now, Downright Creepy. And don't forget to check our YouTube channel for a Dark Knight Rises featurette. Uh, it's about 13 minutes long. Pretty interesting stuff. So, until our next episode, this is Casey Canton signing off for myself and Eric Havens. We will see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening. This has been another Creepcast on DownrightCreepy.com.